Despite centuries of ciphering, cogitating, and navel-gazing, there are still many things that baffle us humans. Of all the things that we agree exist, but are unable to explain, other than the U.S. tax code, time is perhaps the most enigmatic. To the scientist, time is simply the indefinite, continued progress of existence and events that occur in apparently irreversible succession from the past, through the present, into the future. Boom, there you go. To the philosopher, time is what a clock is used to measure. To the humorist, time is what you don't have enough of just before you go in for a root canal. To the pragmatist, with a good sense of humor, time is what God invented so that everything doesn't happen all at once. To prove my point about how odd time is, I'll ask you a simple question. What time is it? There are two obvious problems with this question, and both render it unanswerable. First, as soon as you answer it, you will be wrong, because, of course, time never stops. Or at least it hasn't yet. And second, it depends on where you are. As proof of the second problem, I'll tell you that I wrote this sentence on or about 7.46 p.m. on a Thursday evening. However, had I called my friend Andy in Northumberland, U.K., in the moments after I finished banging out these words, he'd answer in an irritated and perhaps discombobulated fog and then scold me for waking him in the middle of the night. Time is, well, it is something but we're not quite sure what yet. Perhaps we just need to wait a little longer. Oh, and the next time someone asks you what time it is, the best response is, you mean now? The pause that follows will be delightful. Hi there, I'm Peter Lewis, father, grandfather, writer, storyteller. You're listening to The Dad Story Project, a podcast dedicated to two simple themes, that we find the most fulfillment in the ordinary events of every day, and that the currency of childhood is time. Our children and grandchildren don't want more stuff. They just want us. Today's story is about time and its relentless march ahead of us. It is about my dad and a journey we took together decades ago. It's about what happened then, what happened before then, and what happened after then. It's titled, The River Always Flows Away. I passed Dad on the trail, he walking west, me walking east. I served him up a wink. Better pick up the pace there, Dad, I said. You just wait until you see the load I left for you, he volleyed back, returning my wink with a bit of backspin. This was day two of a 75-mile canoe trip deep into the core of the Adirondack Mountains, and a rainy September night, 
had given way to the sun, and the sun rose through the heavy mist and colored our world in brilliant oranges and reds. We were portaging our canoe between Utawana Lake and Racket Lake on a half-mile path that long ago had been the home of the shortest standard-gauge railroad in the United States. Measuring a scant 1,320 yards, the Marion River Carry Railroad had been the brainchild of entrepreneur Thomas Durant, of First Continental Railroad fame, who wanted to connect two of the big lakes in the area, both of which had steamboats plying their waters, so that tourists could travel back and forth with greater ease, making their stay in these fabled mountains more pleasurable and lining Mr. Durant's pockets. Prior to the construction of the railroad, the only option for those wishing to go from nearby Blue Mountain Lake to Racket Lake was to slog across nearly a mile of marshy land while carrying their own luggage. Begun in earnest in 1900, this tiny railroad ran less than 30 years, as construction of the parallel New York State Route 28 and the increasing popularity of the automobile made it obsolete. The tracks, locomotive, and passenger car were left abandoned, and soon were choked and overgrown by blackberry bushes and alders. When I reached the Utawana end of the carry on this crisp autumn day, I found a pack basket overflowing with heavy canned food, and I remembered Dad's wink. Dad and I went back and forth like this for much of the morning. I was 26 and fit. Dad was 60 and not as fit. But this was no contest. So we both just plodded along under our loads, passing each other and trading wisecracks and winks. This was Dad's second trip along this portage, and I had grown up hearing the stories of the adventure he'd had with his own father, my grandfather, back in 1950. Dad had told me about the heavy wooden canoe and the rain and the bugs and of Fig Newton Surprise, a secret family recipe invented on that trip that began with the instructions, quote, Soak a box of Fig Newtons overnight in Long Lake. Accidentally drop into campfire. Fish out with stick. End quote. And he told me about the Marion River Carry, of passing his father on the trail, and of the old steam locomotive that they had found abandoned in a clearing at the west end of the portage. Oh, Pete, he always said, it was the best trip ever. As the morning wore on, Dad and I wore down. Each load bore deeper into our shoulders, and our feet grew sore, and the deer flies were ferocious. The teasing gently fell away, and the winks became half-hearted. When I passed Dad on the final lap, he didn't even look up. We had left the canoe for last, and it was my turn, so I flipped it over, heaved it up, positioned the center thwart across my aching shoulders, tipped the bow down, gained my balance, and set off. Despite the long morning and the heavy loads, I was determined to make the entire carry in one shot, so I gritted my teeth and fought back every thought of resting. My feet were wet, my knees hurt, balsam needles were glued to my forehead, and the back of my arms were scattershot with bug bites, but I was not going to give up. When I reached the Marion River, 
which would carry us in time for two winding miles down to Racket Lake. I jammed the bow of the canoe in the high fork of a red maple tree and dropped the stern onto the soft ground, leaving it perfectly balanced at a 45-degree angle and stepped out from under the load. Well, Dad, I did it, I said triumphantly, flexing the creek out of my sore shoulders and turning toward him. Dad was facing away from me, looking into the blackberry brambles in the overgrown clearing at the end of the trail. He didn't turn around at the sound of my voice. His shoulders were slumped. His hat dangled from his left hand. I walked over and stood behind him. Dad, I said quietly. They were right here, he said softly, gesturing toward the brambles with his hat. Then he turned to me slowly, and I saw the red in his brimming eyes. The old abandoned trains, he said. They're supposed to be right here. Then he took a step and just fell into my arms. Dad smelled of wet wool and campfire smoke and citronella. His two-day beard scratched against my cheek. It was warm, and the sun glowed orange through the trees, and the air was damp with balsam, and Dad and I were alone, and I wrapped my arms around him and just held on. Over Dad's shoulder, I watched the Marion River, its dark, tannin-stained water flowing away to the distant lake, as it had since forever began. A crimson maple leaf floated down through the braided current, wrapped itself around a half-submerged boulder, and began spinning in the tiny eddy on the downstream side. For a few quiet moments the world paused, and the leaf stayed put, and the golden autumn sun hung in the sky, and Dad hung in my arms. He was shaking gently, rhythmically, and I felt a catch in his breath now and again. From way down deep, the lost decades and the lost trains, and the memories of this trip so long ago, ran warm out of his eyes and down the back of my neck. I wish my father was here, he whispered. The maple leaf broke loose, and the current carried it slowly out of sight. Postscript. I wrote this essay many years ago when it was still fresh in my mind. While I was preparing to record it, I realized something profoundly odd. During the week of our journey down the Racket River in 1986, I was 26, my dad was 60, and my grandfather was long gone. I am 60 now, and my dad is gone. If time is anything, it is fleeting. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dad Story Project podcast. If you would like to show your support, please give us a good rating and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. To learn more about the Dad Story Project, download stories, and find out how you may be able to participate, please visit thedadstoryproject.com. And please like us on Facebook and tell your family and friends. 
Until next time, bye for now.